our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another edition of G. Cobb in the House. I'm Micah Warren. Got a few people on tonight. I don't know if you guys uh, heard any good news lately uh, regarding the Eagles or anything like that. I haven't been a little quiet, pretty much, but... Uh, Anyway, I got Haran Knight with me tonight from GCOB.com. Ron Glover is also joining me from GCOB.com. Ron, how you doing, buddy? Merry Christmas. And Haran, you there too, buddy? I'm here. Merry Christmas. Yeah, man. <laughs> now, Ron, when, when you text me that, that was before the Nomdi news. That, that was maybe about three hours ago. Did you know about it? No. Oh. I'm I didn't know anything. Back. I'm like, yeah, well, Ron's got some sources because... If that's the case, I'd have it like lottery numbers. <laughs> We'd be in really good shape. Obviously, obviously, we're uh, we're talking about the um, probably the biggest shopper of free agency so far. Uh, the Jets and Cowboys. They were in the race to the very end, and then all of a sudden, just as they drop out, the Eagles have them. The Eagles signed former uh, cornerback, Raiders cornerback Namdi Asma, <laughs> and now. First of all, I got to go back and rewrite some things that I posted on my website this week that were a little choice for the Philadelphia Eagles because <laughs> I uh, didn't really care for the off season they were having, and all of a sudden, and the Eagles will do this too. Just when you get irritated with them, they go and pull something like this. Um, and okay, we got Mike Perry and Jay Ashworth with us too. Are they joining us? We got yeah, Crowded House I'm with you, brother. G- all right, Perry, yes, there's one right here. Yeah, we uh, G's house is crowded. I hope he's got plenty of beer. Um, it, it must be football season. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, I couldn't get anyone to co-host with me all off season. Ron was the only one to do it because there's nothing to talk about. And now football's back and everyone wants to join me. See that, Ron? <laughs> See what we get. But, uh, the more guys, the now, We're all obviously excited about Namdi Asimov. Now the big question is, is Sante on the move? Jeff McClain just tweeted. I was talking to Ron before the show started. Uh, Jeff McClain just tweeted that, uh, their plan is to hold them for all, all all season unless they get a good trade offer, which pretty much says, hey, everybody. Eh. Because remember, Asante Samuel, he's kind of fallen out of favor, and it's not just that he gets torched from time to time because you knew that happened, mm-hmm. but the, the attitude in team meetings, he, he remember, DRC and Namdi play bump and run. Asante does right. not like that. He likes to play off. So I'll let you guys go. Just just go for it. What are you, what are you thinking? First, first of all, um, this is just about as reminiscent as the Cliff Lee signing when everybody up until the last minute was strictly the Yankee, the Yankees and the Texas Rangers and the Phillies just came out of nowhere and you wake up that morning. 
like, with this big old headline, and you still can't believe what they're saying. I mean, it just happened like 15 minutes ago, so it's still the smoke is still clearing on everything. Um, I, I, I still like a state of shock, to be honest. And I, I know there were some rumors immediately that Asante could get traded to the Jets, but who, who knows how that's going to work out. But um, it's just still amazing. Yeah, I had come on right when Mike had said he had to change a couple of his articles because I had happened to write a choice one myself this morning about how the, uh, how the Eagles have severely misplayed their hand. Um, and I, right now I'm just I'm eating crow, uh, to be honest with you. I had thought, I'd thrown the idea out to you, Michael, last night, um, probably more for us to try and stay positive, probably more for us to be optimistic in terms of, hey, how much – how much does a nickel corner really make? A good nickel corner, and we had come. We, we had said it's about fair to assume two million. So obviously we had threw the idea out there. Could could uh, DRC be a nickel? Not not even thinking that Osmar was a realistic possibility. But hey, this this answers all speculation about hey where where is this aggression? Um, I thought that they were going to go out there and be the leaders in free agency, um, and it also to me to me, changes my whole outlook on what they've done because now there wasn't a lot to throw out in terms of defensive linemen, defensive ends. But when you have a shutdown corner, uh, it, it, it allows your defensive linemen, hey, pin your ears back. Pin your ears back and get to the quarterback because this buys them another second, second and a half to get to the quarterback because now you can't pick on a, a certain position in the field. Uh, it allows your safeties to come up and play the run a little more if they have to. It allows your safeties to come up and assist the linebackers a little more if they have to. So it's amazing how just one move that we really didn't think was going to happen changes um, your overall outlook on, on you know on what they've done heading into the season. So hey, I'm rejuvenated. <laughs> they, they want me back real quick. Thank God, you were miserable to be around. I really was. <laughs> I'm tired of watching all the time. <laughs> For me, it's funny. and watching everything. That went down. Two things really stood out to me. Um, one was that uh, there were reports that I think it was said that Namdi only played the uh, left side of the field. I believe it was either the left side or the right. It was only one side of the field that he's ever that. played. And the second was when, you know, they talked about how um, Asante had fallen out of favor. And I kind of thought to myself, when the Jets, when they said the Jets were out of it, I said, well, maybe he's going to end up going to Dallas, or maybe the Eagles may even still be in the hunt. But I, I never expected this. This, this was the last thing I had expected. And to be honest with you, the whole time, all I'm seeing is the Cowboys trying to be and creative and, and create cap space. I'm seeing the mm-hmm. Jets getting guys to restructure their contracts. And I just keep saying to myself, yeah, I mean, hey, Rex is buying in. Um, I never really thought it made sense for for Namdi to go to the Jets just because they already have a great defense, and you can invest that money elsewhere. But I would mm-hmm. never be one to say, hey, don't do it. Anytime you can add a quality player, no matter how good you are, you're always looking to add quality players. And if you can make it work, go ahead and do it. Um, but nothing, nothing throughout the week. And I, trust me, guys, I was on top. I was all day. I mean, I hope my boss isn't listening because I was on top of this – in my nine to five, well, you would think my nine to five was was going all roto world, was was <laughs> examining the Twitter feeds, was just trying to stay on top of everybody, yeah. what they were saying when they were saying, and I just never even had a sniff that the Eagles were uh, were pursuing them. And they said 
what, I guess yesterday afternoon is when they really started negotiating with Namdi, mm-hmm. um, to which I don't think anybody was really aware of. No. Because uh, if you look on Twitter, it was not, not, yeah. not on there. And that's how they work, isn't it? Typically, every time the Eagles make a move, it, we're not really hip to it. Um, so, I mean, it's just how they work. I don't know how they keep a lid on it, especially because the entire world had their, at least the NFL world, had their eyes on Namdi and who's talking to Namdi and what are possible destinations for Namdi. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, kudos for them for, for keeping it under the wraps. It kind of reminds you of when they, they signed Javon Kurtz, how it just exactly. came out of the blue. Yeah, exactly. and no one expected it. And yeah. it was like all of a sudden, boom, they signed Kurtz. And we're like, well, wow, when, when, did, when did the negotiations go down? Yeah. It, it yeah. had that type of effect on me. Yeah. And I got and I got to say two things. I mean, because obviously, obviously right now, the, the immediate talk is, okay, well, what do you do with Asante Samuel? So what I say is, is really two things. One, I like the answer of, you know, right now we're going to keep him unless mm-hmm. we get, you know, blown away by an offer. Because, look, I don't care who you are and what team you are, you're on. DRC if you get blown away by an day. offer, you look at that. What's that? DRC could be the one to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying, the bottom line is, I don't care what team you're on, who you are, if you get a, if you get blown away for an offer, you got to take a look at that. So I like the fact that they're saying, no, he's here, but we have to be blown away. Now, part of that, look, let's let's be real here. He makes he's going to take a nine million dollar cap hit this year, nine million dollar cap next year, and eleven in two thousand eleven million in two thousand thirteen. So there is reason to to at least consider moving him. I don't want to move him, but what I what I really think is, in terms of him falling out of favor, look, let's be real here. Asante Samuel has not been allowed to be the playmaking Asante Samuel. Um, what? You know, in Philadelphia. He hasn't had what? that compliment on the other side of the – hear me out. He oh, well, last, year, last year especially, I'll give you that. No, he hasn't had a true compliment on the other side of the field to say, hey, you're a lockdown. You know, every time the safety is over top of Dimitri Patterson, Rosario Hansen, whoever you had out there, once Sheldon Brown left. So when you have over-the-top help, you can't be a ball hawk because you can't take chances. And if you do take a chance and you're wrong, all right, well, then you're beat deep. And we saw that. And that's frustrating for a guy who lives off – making plays. That guy, for a ball hawk, not having any, any over-the-top help, it really restricts what you can do and your game. So I, I think I, this, I just think this is a great move for Asante Samuel, and they'd be silly um, to trade him for anything but an offer that blows them away. Or if you keep so, him, uh, Namdi forces you to play with him. That's he what I'm saying. He forces you to play with Asante, and that's now you've got problems. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. What do you think, Perry? Perry dropped off. I think he had enough. He, he couldn't oh, he handle He got you. tired of us already? <laughs> no, you. You were just too much for him. <laughs> not, I am so excited. I was sitting here, and, Mike, you know I've been miserable the last few days because I've just been so perplexed. And then uh, my buddy gave me a shout with that news. I didn't believe him. I had to check it out myself. And I, I really am. It's, I really am on cloud nine right now. It, to me right now, this is, this is Halliday, Lee, and Hamels. That's basically what the, the Eagles just tried to match what the Phillies did in that rotation because these are three, three solid corners. Three if they had, got, if they had got an insane defensive end, I might agree with you. If, but, but see, they don't necessarily have to at this point. They don't start I, I, from seven. The Giants taught us that. I um, like to move a defensive end because there's no pressure. You, you know Babbitt's not going to stay the whole five years. And with that signing bonus, I mean – 
his, his main concentration is probably going to be the first two. So there's really no pressure on that part. And there's no pressure to get rid of Asante because I think they still have a pretty decent amount of cap space where they're not for, forced to get rid of anybody. That, like everybody else had to pretty much restructure half their contracts just to be even think about Dondi. But the Eagles are sitting there waiting the whole time. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't entertain any offers for any of the three right now. I'm not yeah, talking I, I to anybody wouldn't. for Asante. I'm not talking to anybody for uh, for DRC. I'm keeping it the way it is, and you know I'm just buckling up for this run at the Super Bowl. If anything, I'm looking for uh, some linebacker help and maybe throwing in the safety and looking for a safety. That's, that's true. I'm with you. And there's guys out there now that now you don't need a first-tier linebacker. Not that they would ever consider a first-tier linebacker. Not that they would ever consider a second-tier linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now now there's less pressure on having to go out and, and have an impact um, stud linebacker. If you get it, hey, great. But now you can go out and just find a vet that can play the position solid because it's or, less of a Or draft on. somebody in the, in the sixth round and then, and then play them out of position at linebacker. <laughs> If they could get a guard and just make him a linebacker, what's the problem? Seriously, <laughs> that's the kind of crap that irritates me. And they keep doing it. Well, yeah, no, fair enough, Micah. But I mean, I I understand what you're saying, but I'm willing. Let's give him some reprieve right now, you know, because now that Babin signed, it makes a little more sense to me. And kind of what you were saying, I don't. I hated that deal off the onset. I'm not a big. I'm not a big. Uh, so did I. Guy had a career year. Let's go ahead and throw him some money. Let's act like. Let's act like. <laughs> For the, the first Raiders time in too. seven years, he can play. He's not big on that, but it's a very eagle-friendly contract. They only mm-hmm. owe him about five to six million guaranteed. Okay, I'm fine with that. If Jim Washburn really does push his buttons or really can get something out of him, I'm willing to see that on a uh, eagle-friendly contract. And let's not forget this too: if if Washburn really is this uh, defensive line genius or whatever you want to say he is. I mean, he's a great defensive line coach. We can say that. Mm-hmm. If he is half of what we say he is, then there's reason to believe he can make something out of Patterson and Bunkley because they've been pretty disappointing. So maybe that's, maybe that's part of the reason the Eagles aren't being very aggressive on the line because they think maybe Washburn's saying, no, I can do something with these guys. Yeah, we'll see. Look, we've we got to take a break, but I'll tell you what, Jim Washburn's the guy I'm watching this year. I want to see what this guy does. I heard he's a magician. He needs to do something with this slop on that front line, but we're going to take a break. We'll be right back here on G-Cob in the house. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel fantasy sports is where the action really is over 40 million people play fantasy sports but rarely do they get to quiz the experts fantasy insights is the name and the game 
Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. I'm back here on G. Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren along with Ron Glover, Haran Knight, Jason Ashworth. Uh, talking about the Eagles free agency because that's that's uh, it kind of made us do that. What was it 15 minutes before our show started? We get the news that they signed Nambi Asamoa, so the secondary is in much better shape now. Uh, I'll ask you guys this: To what extent does this help the, the, the young safety? Yeah. You know, you got Nate Allen, who's a second-year guy, uh, Jaquan Jarrett, who's a rookie, and uh, you know, Kurt Coleman's a second-year guy, and you got Marlon Jackson in the mix. I'm sure. If he's not hurt right now, he will be in ten minutes. Um, do you think? Do you think all these corners are going to help the uh, the young safeties a little bit? I I don't see how it can't. In all reality, because now it allows. I mean, in all reality, we don't know, okay? Because they are two different positions. But just from a from a strategic game plan position, if you have if you have Nandi locking down the right side, for example, okay. It allows your your safety to focus on just over-the-top help. It allows mm-hmm. your safety, if need be, to say, okay, well, I need to come down and help out in the box. I mean, it just it, it limits what your, your rookie, or at least your young safeties, need to understand year one. If you had Mike Patterson out there or Hercelio Hansen out there, you're a lot more vulnerable. And if you make a mistake, you're a lot more um, – it, it's pretty much inevitable that you're going to get – Exasperated. Yeah, now that you have at least talent on the edges and guys who can hold their own, you may be able to make a couple more mistakes or learn at a little slower pace without getting bit for it. So, I mean, I think it can, I think it's going to help them, but, I mean, they still, there's still going to be a lot expected of them. I agree. I think it allows them to uh, – it puts them in a position where their mistakes won't be as glaring when they do slip up. Um, mistakes are going to be made, but when you've got help on the corners like that, Basically, all you have to do is what you're put back there to do, whether it's playing over the top or filling into the run. You know you know what you have to do. It's just a matter of execution. And I think for these young safeties, that's really what they need right now. And with the help of these two corners, I think it um, puts them in a prime position to have some success early and not have their confidence hurt when they do uh, slip up. 
Yeah, let's, let's hope so. And, Haran, I do have a question for you, too. And this is kind of lost, and we haven't talked about this yet. Uh, remember when the talk was that he was going to get, like, $18 million per Osmo? Yes. Looks like the Eagles got a steal on him, 25 guaranteed. Charles Johnson, the, the guy that had one good year down in Carolina, got 32. Um, it's, it all depends on – we never really knew what Namdi wanted. I mean, I mean like so you said saying a couple of days ago that he got that $18 million in a year, or we was expecting that amount because he was coming off a contract of $15 million a year which was something that Al Davis gave him. But, I mean, we all knew even then he still kind of overpaid for him. So, and another another thing is people want to play with Vic. I think Vic has a lot a lot to do with, like, who, who wants to come to Philly uh, and play here. So I think he, he definitely can attract other top free agents. They do they love true. him. The Ain't other players love him. Like, I really think if he was on an ice hockey team, he'd draw, draw free agents. Everyone just wants to be around this guy. I'm telling you, half the reason is because he didn't narc on half the people in, those, in that ring with him. I'm telling oh, you there are people it. by his house. Stop it. I'm telling you. You, you really believe that that's why these guys love him. Well, thanks for not – that's a pretty rare – I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying everybody, but I'm saying there's a select few. I mean, is anyone else buying that theory here? I, I mean, if the opportunity's there, I, I can see where he was like that before, before any of this went down. And I think when a guy comes out of something like that and he's better than what he was when he went in, people gravitate to him even more. Right. Because now it's, you know, all right, I did what I did. I messed up. I screwed up but I'm going to work hard to get back to where I was and be even better. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, he's better than what he was when he went, before he went in. And yeah. now it's like, you know, he's like, it's like he's 27 again. And it's like, you know, these guys, they're all around the same age roughly, maybe four or five years apart, max. And it's like, you know, let's get it done. No, if they have the opportunity to play with them, they're going to, they're going to uh, capitalize on that. Half on what I say, I'm kidding, obviously. Um, but I mean, you guys are absolutely right. There's there's something about him, um, something captivating about him, and it's it's more than his talent. It's more than um, what he does on the field, um, because he, I mean, he's obviously in terms of personality. Now, I don't know Michael Vick personally. I, I don't think any of us here really do. Um, but there's something that these guys feed off of. There's something that these guys, they just they want to be around this guy. And, yeah, I'm sure a lot of it is just seeing a guy grow, just seeing a guy who's, who's gone through his mistakes, learned from it, uh, you know, and applied it in a positive way. And I'm sure, I'm, in all reality, I'm sure it's, uh, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. I mean, you said captivating, right? There's just something about Michael Vick, some it factor Amazing. about Michael Vick that the NFL is in love with. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I don't know if you guys heard contagious. Today? That's what it is. It's contagious. There's something contagious. Infection. About he Michael Vick. Yeah. Uh, he said something today. They were asking him about uh, Vince Young. And he's going on this, this diatribe about, uh, maybe not a diatribe, he's going off about how he can help him and all this. And look, he's got to keep his head up. we got to get you know, his attitude changed. You know, nobody likes to be booed, that kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, 
Is this coming from the guy that flipped off the fans five years ago? This, he just every, It seems like just so much has changed with this guy. And that's another thing, too, is, that, oh, by the way, the Eagles signed a former stud and who still has, I think, playmaking ability and Vince Young to be the backup. Now, speaking mm-hmm, right. of Vic, I think Vic is going to be great for him. I think yeah. it really, it's odd. It really is weird that these guys are, like, afraid to be unprofessional around Vic now. You he know what it that is? Kind of and, and I could be wrong. I think when, I mean, he had everything taken away from him by his own undoing. And I guess to partially get all that back, change the way you are, but most importantly, you still remain true to yourself. And whatever comes with that, a lot of these guys looked up to Michael before he went in. Right. Now, have he come back and his game fallen off? Maybe the captivation wouldn't have been there. Maybe guys wouldn't have been so eager to come and play with him. But the fact that he's, you know, elevated himself even more, I think that's where the gravitational pull comes in from the uh, other players around the league. If he came back half of what he was or a step slower or anything like that, I don't think guys would be beating the door down to come here. Not that they are, but you know what I'm saying. I, I so, think part of it. Hey, I think, yeah. Just to go off what you're saying, I agree. I think people looked up to him before he went mm-hmm. in. Like, let's just say half the league looked up to him before he went in, and right. I think the other half now respects him for what he's done after that. So he's That's getting those guys that still look up to him, and now yeah. the other half of the league respects him for owning up, taking it like a man, and still delivering after the fact. There you go. Right. Pre-Levington, you know, Vic was just like the top athlete with no fundamentals, and he comes out of Levington, spends a year with the Eagles, and actually starts working on a quarterback position, and you see you see a leader. Like, I don't, I don't know if anybody remembers that game where there's a thing as a preseason game where I, think, I believe it was Jarrett Calvin. He fumbled like two times on a kickoff return, and he's running to the sideline. And, and he grabs him, like, grabs him by the chest. Right. And, like, yep. Like, you know, that was one example. You know, um, the pre-Levington Vic, I don't think, I don't think you get the comeback Against the Giants with that um, before he went to prison, I think that team would have got blown out. But he's got this more this hard work, never give up mentality now. Where the, the, you, you know you know you're always going to be in the game in the game with big ass quarterback, and you're talking about a ten and six division champion, regardless of the fact that how how bad that the defensive was, especially in the red zone. Now you got defensive guys saying, I could just be that missing piece that, that guarantee almost is like a shoe-in for, for Indianapolis in February. <laughs> hey, hey I think, I'll tell you what, I don't want to switch gears on you guys. But, <laughs> or, I mean, you just mentioned it, no matter how they struggle in the red zone. And, we're, I mean, we're talking about guys who may want to come in here and guys who gravitate to, uh, guys who gravi- gravitate to Vic. I mean, if it wasn't enough to sit here and say, look, I want to go play with Vic. Plaxico no. Butterfly is looking at this. Hey, I'm, Mike, just let no. me say, you can say no all you want, but you can't teach how you All right, that's fair, and that's an issue the Eagles have. You'd be a red zone beast. You can't argue that. You may not want it, but you can't argue it. If, he, if he's looking at the Eagles and saying, oh, yeah, okay, I see what they did with Mike Vic, and, yeah, it'd be a great story, um, you know, the two guys teaming up. Now he can look and say, oh, wow. Okay, they just shored up something on defense. Oh, yeah, they have a legit shot of actually doing something. 
I mean, I think that that's even more of a case for a guy like him to come in and, and you know, kind of. Who, Jay? Why don't you say it? Who? I just said it. I already said Plaxico. Oh, I didn't hear you say his name. Yeah, no, I said it already. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't even know. I knew I'm who you were talking I, about. Yeah, I, well, because I said Plaxico. I'm not sitting here saying that I think he's going to be this stud number one, but I'm saying for an offense that struggles in the red zone, I like Riley Cooper. I'm not. He's not Plaxico Burris. He still has a lot to prove. He's still young. I think if Plaxico Burris can start, I think if Plaxico can start from the 20 in, have a role on this team from the 20 in, be a red zone threat. I mean, that's what you need him for to start. If he can build it, he can get his football speed, his football strength back. That's only an added bonus. Obviously, yeah, yeah. the money has to be right, but I certainly consider it, and I think you'd be silly not to at least consider it, no? You're going to end the season with 18 catches and 12 touchdowns. Uh, would you not take that? Obviously, we're not kidding. Kidding. I don't think that's <laughs> going to happen, Jake. I, I, look, I'll get you guys' thoughts on this, but to me, Plaxico was losing a step before he shot himself, and now he's been out of football for two years. Uh, what's he going to give you this year? Well, we've already what's seen that the hurt? two years out of football were hard work. You know, if it takes if it takes a year, do you keep him for two years? If I think you have to know what he looks like in the first year. I'm not all right. Say, you, say this year you get say this year you get he gets 25 catches, six touchdowns. Do you bring him back for year two, hoping that he's probably in better shape? Depending, that he on can possibly double that number. It really depends on what the contract is that they give him. I mean, yeah. in all reality, was anybody was anybody sold on Michael Vick after his first year? No, no, no. I, th- like, I thought he was going to get traded. Yeah. I, I was surprised he was still the on the Eagles. Camp. Not even up through the preseason. Exactly. Now, uh, granted, Michael Vick didn't shoot himself in the leg, <laughs> so I mean, it's a little it's a little different. But for all intents and purposes, from what I've heard, people aren't looking at Plaxico and saying, "Ooh, this guy's out of shape." Or, "Ooh, yeah, I can see it." I don't know. Yeah. And now I haven't seen him. Uh, so, I mean, obviously we have to take it with a grain of salt. But mm-hmm. if this guy really is in shape, if he really does still look solid, like he's been keeping himself in shape, I mean, I just don't know how much downside there is, depending on his contract, how much downside there is to, uh, I mean, to at least giving it a shot. It, it addresses a, a need for this team. All right, all right. Look, we got to take a break. We do have to talk about an Eagles receiver, but it's not Plaxico Burris. We'll get to that on the other side. This is G-Cobb in the house of VoiceAmericaSports.com. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. 
The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. And we're back. We're back. Talking to Eagles, I'm Michael Warren, along with Ron Glover, Ron Knight, Jason Ashworth. Uh, we were talking a little bit about Plaxico Burris before well, Jay was for himself. And, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, we love you, Jay. It's not the same without you. Um, but, but there's another Eagles receiver in the news, and, and Ron and I were uh, debating who was at Facebook. We were going at it this week. Ron, you don't like the fact that Deshaun's holding out. I'm okay with it. I, he needs to do something. He has played three years and been underpaid for three years. He's not perfect, but he is hes absolute dynamite. I have, uh, Jay, we were talking about this last night. I was talking to a couple other people, too. You saw San Antonio got five years, $50 million. Who would you take if you had to take one of them? Anybody. What? Between Deshaun Jackson and San Antonio? Yes. I'll take San Antonio. I mean, oh, more... wrong answer. Go ahead and defend it. He's more clutch. He's more, he's has um, better. He produces more in the red zone. I think his hands are better, and he, I, I think he's a be- better route runner. The only, I mean, the biggest knock on him is he's one substance abuse penalty away from a year a year suspension. <laughs> it's true. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think, think, that, that, I think he's a more polished receiver. I'll, I agree, I'll he's a more polished yeah. receiver. But D-Jax is so explosive, he changes. I don't think Holmes puts the kind of pressure on a defense that, that Deshaun does. Yeah, and all, Micah, if you want to tell, ask me who the better receiver is, who the better just overall uh, plays the position better, it's Antonio Holmes. Haran's but exactly right. Want, I agree. Right, but if, you want to, if you're going to ask me right now, not three, four years from now, but right now, who do I take? I take Deshaun. Because teams game plan for Deshaun. There's one. If you slip up, he's gone. <clears throat> it's six. Um, I think that his speed is just. You can't teach speed. Um, and so I just think he's a game changer. And it, there aren't too many just straight up game changers uh, in the NFL. He's not a top five receiver. He shouldn't be paid like a top five receiver in my opinion. But he should be paid. I do agree with his holdout. Um, so, 
Sorry to interrupt. Ron, Ron what would you do then? What, if you, what would you advise Deshaun to do? He showed up and, and, well, for the most part, been a good soldier, as good as he's going to be. What do you recommend he does to get paid? The guy's got to get paid. If San Antonio's getting roughly $10 million, let's say, you know, that's what it averages out to, Jackson's somewhere in the seven, eight, seven, eight, nine range. I mean, he's got to get paid. And right. I agree with everyone else as far as Holmes being a better receiver. Um, as far as hand, as far as running a route. But when you when you see Jackson line up, it's not too many receivers that line up and you've got safeties backing up. And, and, and that says something. And just the fact that he's a special teams threat, he's got to take that into the equation. So he needs to get paid, but not top five receiver money. But you've got to give you've got to give him something. He does deserve Sidney Rice's contract. What's that, Ron? I, I do feel gotta, that he deserves Sidney Rice's contract. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely! Sidney Rice is fertile. Sidney Rice did him a big favor, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not I mean, Sidney Rice can't even stay healthy. He's had one. Complete season. I um, I still am wondering if you sat and watched Tarbaris Jackson up close every day, knowing how bad he was. Why would you follow him to Seattle? Did anybody else you know how bad they were together? Do you know how legitimately bad they were together? They played together in uh, in Minnesota. I think Rice's biggest game was three receptions. That was, a, that, was a money, that was a money move. Uh, he knew the offensive oh, yeah. coordinator out there who was who used to be his coach in Minnesota. And I don't think anybody else is going to give him that contract. Not coming right. off a hip injury season. What, do you, what did Sidney Rice play, like four games last year? Yeah, yeah, end of the season. Yeah, he was playing up pretty much. So, yeah, he, they, they definitely overpaid for him, but – if they, um, Drew Rosenhaus definitely can argue that Deshaun has worked uh, like around that much. I mean, he he has two Pro Bowls. I mean, you can't argue that. <laughs> and here's the thing: I don't think, in all reality, um, I don't think Deshaun is a me first guy, and that's part of the reason why I say I don't think this is going to drag on as much as as much as people think. Yeah, I know he had some character issues. And I know he does. He, he does have that knucklehead in him every now and again, where he may say some stupid things or just kind of make you scratch your head a little bit. But, but it's I, I don't mild think he's as far a, as what's that? It's relatively mild as far as problem children go. Right. Yeah, he's not a problem child, and I don't think at the end of the day he wants to sit here and hold. I think he wants to be on that field. He wants to be with his teammates. He wants to play. I don't. I don't get the vibe that he's. Uh, I'm going to hold out because it's money and money only. I think he's better off, and I think the Eagles feel that way too. They know they need to pay him. I don't think they want to create a battle with him to simply say, well, you know what, you signed the contract, because he hasn't been a problem child for them. So I think he's going to hold out maybe a week, maybe two weeks, make his point known, and then he gets to camp and plays that good soldier. And I think that really will, will fit in line with the way the organization works. Look, you made your point. Now get in here, and, you know, and we'll start hitting the books and, and figure this out. Uh, I mean, that's at least the way I think it's going to play out. So I think well, he'll give him fair market value. He's got a report for the 23rd day of the league year. What's that? 
said, I think the biggest problem out of this it has to be Rosenhaus. He's going to try to squeeze as much out of this as possible. <laughs> and, you know, this is this is the one team that's not going to back down to, like, a San Antonio type, San Antonio Holmes type of deal. So at what point does Deshaun Jackson tell Drew Rosenhaus to shut up? The 22nd day. That's really what it's going to come down to because if Jackson sees it, Jackson has a number in his head. Rosenhaus has a number in his head. Right. The number may not be the same, but Jackson has a certain amount. Look, I'll take this. Well, right, Ron, Ron, you might want to throw in there that the Eagles have a third number in their head. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, now, guys, we can we can correlate this to exactly what we were talking about before. I, I don't I don't undervalue the the impact that Michael Vick will have on this because Michael Vick keeps tabs with him. Michael Vick keeps in touch with him. Michael mm-hmm. Vick will give him a little guidance here. Michael Vick will say, hey, "Get your button cam." Right. And I think the show will listen. I think that's what's really going to drive this because he is a leader and he has been talking to him. And I, I think Deshaun will listen, man. I, I, just my feel from the outside, that's all. I, I can see that. I can see that. And normally in situations like this, there is a guy from the outside that's keeping touch, you know, a guy from the inside that's keeping touch with the player that's holding out. And it's usually not the quarterback, though. If it's a wide receiver, a quarterback, I don't know that it's usually the quarterback getting involved. They're usually, right. hey, he's got to do what he's got to do. It depends on the team. Everybody's got different leaders. I mean, if you did it in Baltimore, Ray Lewis is probably calling you regardless of what position you play. Peyton Manning uh, would be on the phone with all his teammates in any camp. Well, we know what didn't happen here last time. We know the quarterback wasn't involved until Westbrook yeah, held exactly, out. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, and I, I, God, are we really sitting here saying Michael Vick is that much of a leader? Because I think we are. And I just didn't see, I didn't see this. I really didn't see this out of Michael It's not so much him being a leader. I guess whatever he is, but the reaction everyone has to him, they just flopped to him. I really think if he told Deshaun to be in camp tomorrow, he would. But Vic's not going to do that. You have to be very careful when talking about other people's money. And there is codes within NFL locker rooms. You don't talk about other people's money. That's why I supported Donovan when he didn't talk about T.O.'s money. But then I'm like, well, you shouldn't be talking about Westbrook's money either then. Only because he and Westbrook had the same agent. At the time, that was the pretty much the reason he even spoke up on it. But he said a week prior, when they asked him about Owens' contract, oh, well, I don't get involved in, you know, other players' negotiations. But when Westbrook held out, oh, well, he needs to get in here because we need him. Well, you should have said that for the guy that they asked you about the week prior. I agree, Ron. Just follow it. Pick one or the other. Don't you Don't go back and forth. If you're going to talk about contracts, don't talk about right, everybody. Don't say anything at all. Or say okay. nothing about everybody. I'm fine with that. Well, I agree how about with this? you. How about this? Maybe, maybe Vic doesn't go to uh, to Deshaun Jackson and say get to camp, right? But maybe mm-hmm. Vic goes to maybe Vic goes to Reed. Maybe Vic goes to the management who, who for all intents and purposes, are on his side and say, "Hey, look, I need that guy. Let's get that guy. Help me out. Let's help this." Yeah, they know out. they need him, though, Jay. Well, I know they know they need him. I know they do. I mean, obviously they need him, but it's one thing if you have Deshaun Jackson saying, hey, I need the money, and it's another thing if you have your quarterback going and saying, hey, I need that guy. Because I don't quarterbacks do that. They don't get involved. Eh. I think I think Vic has enough I, – I think he has enough of a staple on this team that, that if he goes and says something, I don't know. 
I just think that, I think this team is buying into what he says. No, it's very possible. I want to share with you guys. I just got a uh, a text from a buddy of mine out in Phoenix. He says, "Wow, you got DRC. Congratulations. I hope he doesn't take plays off like he did here." <laughs> oh, that's nice to know. I mean, that's that's the thing with Dominic Rogers, Cromarty, though. The guy's talented as all get out. You know, oh eight, he shuts down half the field, and then the last two years, you know, he's got like work ethic problems. See, so responds well. Wow, you got Kevin Cobb. I hope he doesn't get a concussion in the first half of game one. Let's be honest. Who made out? Who really? Who made out better? I mean, stuff like that I can't worry about. How, how confident I mean, was Adrian how, Wilson? Hasn't played his best ball in the last two years either. Yeah. Yeah. So because he's pick. old. I, I, I would make that argument. Adrian Wilson's been around a long time. I mean, he hasn't been around. How many years has he been in the league? Seven or eight? Might be a little more. The problem is no one knew who he was for the longest time because Arizona was just so crappy all the time. Right. And, I mean, they, there's a little bit more confidence in, in the whole team as a whole when Kurt Warner was a quarterback. I mean, there was no confidence with John Skelton. And <laughs> That's fighting true. That so you can't really fault the, um, Rogers Cromartie for how he played last year. I mean, it, it was the depression probably was infectious. Uh, no, I'm yeah, sure it was. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> if I intercept ten passes or I intercept none, what difference does it make? But we got we got to take, take a break. We'll come back on the other side and try and get to some Phillies here. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate? You need to tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook. Every weekend, Andreas Duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use. Be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions. Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
you're joined up with G. Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. And we're back. Keep Cobb in the house. VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren, along with Ron Glover, Haran Knight, Jason Ashworth. I try and I try and introduce you guys in like different orders, so no one thinks they're any more or less important than the other guy. Philly scored again. Chase Utley. Run home run. Was it a home run? Yep. Three run wow. home run. I don't know if that's enough runs for Halliday. That's seven runs. We'll yeah, see how they can keep it together. It's enough to say, oh, we don't need that right-handed bat. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they just oh, here comes Dennis Baez into the game. I don't want to scare anybody. He's gone. Don't worry. He was designated for assignment. But that's the kind of game you need Dennis Baez. And like, go, go kill some innings while we give Roy some rest. But uh, obviously the Phillies are a big deal right now. Uh, the, the big name out there, Hunter Pence from the Houston Astros. You get the feeling that, especially early on, the Astros really just don't want to move him. He's in his prime. He's face the franchise kind of guy. Why Ed Wade would be getting rid of him, I don't know. But he wants some young pitching. And obviously, Cozart and Singleton have been thrown out from the Phillies from their single-A club. And that is not enough for Ed Wade. Uh, there's rumors that they don't want Dom Brown, but that they could use Dom Brown to give to another team who would then give the pitching prospects to the Astros that they want. What are your thoughts, guys? How far are you willing to go for Hunter Pence? This this, oh, Ryan, I have made it out. Awesome. Um, this team needs to win now. I'm not willing to go that far. I can't. As crazy as Dominic Brown drives me sometimes, I can't I can't get rid of him. Like Jay said, he's just too young right now. And his upside is he has an upside. And I think that's worth looking into. I, I can't move him. I mean, the biggest question is, does Hunter Pence put the Eagles over the hump against the Giants? Because, I mean, that's like the biggest team that I'm worried about them playing. And it seems like Lincecum still has a number. The uh, Phillies don't hit the Giants at all, Haran. And we saw it last year. We saw it again this past week. And we're going to see it again at the upcoming four-game set they have with them. Right. Now, will Hunter Pence make a, that much of a difference? <laughs> I think that's, that's, that's probably the key question right there. If, if, if so, you, you kind of got – I mean, it's hard to say goodbye to Don Brown, but it, if that's going to make the difference, you got to go for it. It's going to help. I can't, make, I can't make the move in all reality simply because – I mean, I'm not giving up my two top prospects, Co-Star and Singleton, and then, and then delivering a guy who's only 23 that's still trying to find his way. Or a guy – who, yeah, he's a right-handed bat, but I don't know how much of an – like, is he that much of an upgrade to sit here and say, oh, yeah, we get 100 pence, yeah, we're pretty much a shoe in to at least get to the World Series. I can't say that. I mean, and Donald Brown, is he struggling? But is he really struggling? I mean, he's, he's batting 250 for all 10 purposes. His average is fifth among rookies. His own base percentage is third. Slugging is fourth. And I think an even more telling stat – He's got five home runs in 201 plate appearances. Hunter Pence has 11 in 426. 
So, I mean, it's not, Hunter Pence is not this, this slugging right-handed bat. He hits for average. He's got a mm-hmm. lot of RBIs, but Houston Astros, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they have a pretty darn good on-base percentage. I mean, as misleading as that may be, because they don't have a lot in the win column, but I think they do get on base. So a guy who hits for average is going to have a lot of RBIs. I just I don't I don't ship off this untouchable 23 year old for a guy that I'm not convinced is enough to get me to the World Series, let alone win it. If he's playing like this, if he's playing exactly this way next season, I'll consider it. If Don Brown doesn't show any improvement, and it was next year, yes, it's a guy that was untouchable. Don't even bring his name up. So I can't do that halfway into the season. He's gone. Uh, I mean, this is you the guys. difference between struggling and, and feeling your way through. And I think right now he's really just feeling his way through. Same with Mayberry, with John Mayberry. They're can just can the you afford, of feeling can you their afford way to through. wait for them to feel their way through? And, and then by the time they finally do, you got a 36-, 37-year-old Holiday, a 34-, 35-year-old Lee. Can 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 you afford to wait for that long? No, you know what? No, you can't. You can't. <laughs> However, because I talked about this today, and that's a very valid point. By the time Don Brown, you know, is 26 or 25 or whatever that may be, by the time he gets it or figures it out, a lot of these guys are going to be older. And some people are saying, well, that window may have closed. But I personally, if you're able to win a World Series in that time with these guys and you're still packing that house, the Phillies have shown, at least to me, that it's not going to revert revert back to that, you know, $85 million payroll. Right. They're, they're going to go out and they're going to continue, as long as they're selling out this park and winning ball games, to bring guys in, to spend the cash. Call I mean, call it what you want. Call it the Yankees or the, or the Red Sox of the NL. I don't, I don't want to put a claim on it, but I think they're just showing the ability and the desire to spend money and win baseball games. So, Three years from now, I still think they're going to have talent on the field. It just might be a different name on the back of the jersey. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I mean, and then, and then now here you have your right fielder who becomes, in all reality, one of the cornerstones of that. And then, in all reality, you, if you do make this trade and find a way to hold on to Hunter Pence, then you have your corners locked up. That's a lot of reality, Jay. It, it is a lot of reality. It can be reality. <laughs> <laughs> it can be. Yeah. I, I I have to go back to I forget which one he was talking about, or maybe it was Jay that said, "No, Hunter Pence does not make you a shoot. He helps though, and he could have a ripple effect on that lineup. There's still a lot of talent in this lineup. This is an underperforming lineup. Right. He's, oh my, this kid Charlie Morton boy. He is melting down on the mound. He's had two outs for about three batters right now, and those three batters are on base. Oh, bases are loaded. Yeah, well, he walked to Banez, and then he just popped Ruiz. <laughs> How old is he? He looks young. I don't know. He's dude. aging fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right before ours. Right, right. He'll be 28 this year, so he's not a kid. Well, he's got a baby face. Yeah, he's pretty young, but boy. Yeah. This is going to be one that, you know, you just hope the rain comes, but just shut it down and, and be done with it. So Wilson Valdez goes up first pitch swinging. <laughs> he hits the guy right after he walks a Banyas on four pitches. And you go up first, that's why you sit the bench. That's why Michael Martinez goes out there with a 220 average. And we're like, yeah, this guy's awesome. Jeez. This hey, can't be bad mouthing the, the uh, second coming to Lonnie Smith. I, I'm not, Ron, you know. I told you, you <laughs> build a team around Michael Martinez. I told you that. 
I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> so, so what's the gut feelings? Did they get tense, or, or does this not happen? I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. I mean, think if so it either. happens, it won't be. Brown won't be in the deal. They'll talk him into taking someone else, but I don't see Brown going. And if it does happen, whatever happens, it's going to happen on Sunday, like at, in the last, within the last hour. <laughs> I think that it's going to Houston's going to hold on to him to the very end and try to get as much as they can out for him. I think it gets done. I don't know what the deal's going to be. I have a feeling it's going to get done, and we're all going to go. Ugh. Yeah, I wanted him, but ugh. I think somebody's right. going to be in there. We're not going to be happy about. Like I said, Singleton and Cozart, hey, I'm fine. Those guys, as this team is constructed right now, those guys are not going to help this team at all. So I'm fine with those guys, but ugh. I don't think we need to do Don Brown. So, all right, we're getting close to wrapping things up here. What do you guys, what's everyone up to? Tell me exciting weekend plans, anybody? You do. Well, I'm going to soak these signings in and just hope and pray that, you know, when the NBA lockout, whenever that ends, as long as everyone's not overseas, the Sixers can move Eagle Dollar. That's just the oh. last hanging piece that you we need to get out purpose. of here. Ron, you did that on purpose. You, I did. You, I you did. stuck his name in. You had to do it. I'm, 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 I'm not I even going to acknowledge that name right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Ron? I said I'm not even going to acknowledge that name right now. I mean, <laughs> no, he, Ron just likes Ron just likes like wound up. <laughs> Ron just getting wound up. So Jay, um, uh, we're wrapping up here. I'm heading down to your place now. Yeah, I, and, uh, I, I will see you in a little bit. On it. To everybody right. else, have a great weekend. I want to thank have everyone a good for weekend, joining bro. Now. What? Just hey, walked in the run. Yeah, you did. Oh, geez, poor Charlie Morton. We'll talk more about him next week. I want to thank everybody for hanging out. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Have a great one. We'll see you next week. All right. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.